I went live. Well, here's a crazy story. Um, I was, I'll never forget. I'm driving to work <laughs> to the, to the school. It was September. It was the most perfect day in the world. Sun shining. I was listening to sports radio. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh. Later today, when I come home after school today, after the job, I'm making this site go live. This membership site, it was already, and like my life's going to change. I couldn't wait for that day to end to go home to make it live. And it was perfect day that the, the sun was shining in New York City. Radio. Wait, we got breaking news. A plane just hit the World Trade Center. Oh, wow. mm. September 11, 2001. Oh, I get goosebumps. Um, yep. That was the day I was supposed to go live. Uh, I'll never forget that. So, you know, and, and our school was in the Bronx, but we were right on the water. So we were overlooking uh, right across the water there. We saw the towers, like the smoke mm. and the fire. It was just crazy. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd. Hello, welcome. founders. Welcome and welcome and welcome. What's happening? What's going on? Uh, love talking to old friends and good people. That is the theme of the yes. show today. Yes, um, yes. And I would suggest that you either have a bingo card or or play a little drinking game in the right. show because right. the number of 80s references is actually staggering. <laughs> <laughs> staggering. Inconceivable. Yes. Ryan Lee, uh, one of my favorite humans in the online space, known for years and uh, has an, uh, an affinity uh, for 80s culture music memorabilia and today we're going to get into it with ryan and and yeah we really really did need a drinking game for the references we'd be hammered by halfway through it um with all the 80s references but but ryan is a great friend and and an and amazing entrepreneur well what do you i mean what are you going to do when you put three 50 year olds in the same room right what are like, we going to talk about our formative years were during the 80s like right. we grew up we grew up our childhood was in the 70s and our formative teenage years were in the 80s. So yeah. you're going to hear about records and laser discs and right. self-addressed stamp envelope and baseball cards and all that stuff. Right. But um, the thing we want you to understand is like there's a lot of people we could have on the show, um, you know, not to brag, but we have good Rolodexes. But we're we're bringing you people that are absolutely the real deal. So Ryan Lee, if you kind of look him up, has been in the marketing space for two and a half decades, right? Very similar to Brandon and I. And the one thing about Ryan that is absolutely true is that he's a real deal. He's a dad. He's a husband. Like he's he's not one of those swarmy guys that Brandon and I always talk about. Mm -hmm. um, he's not going to pose with a Lamborghini. He's not going to flex and and and, you know, um, shame people like he's a real deal. He's run real businesses, has a real life. And 
and does good things. And those are the only type of people we ever promise to bring you on the Innovative Founder Show. Mm-hmm. The other thing too great about Ryan is, is he's, in, what you'll hear about in the interview is how unafraid he is, his approach to entrepreneurship and starting businesses and, and going into crowded markets. He's hmm. um, he's just completely fearless. And so he talks about that. But what's also great about Ryan, <clears throat> excuse me, he's, he's also uh, has offline businesses. He's done uh, um, health bars, and so it's not just been online. He's been dabbling in different. Oh, spaces he's 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 run personal training businesses right. and things like right. that. You know, he's bought businesses, he's sold businesses. You know, and he's innovative. And I think you're yeah. gonna. It, it, it was a really good energetic interview. I think you're gonna be positive. It's a little bit longer than some of the other shows we've done, but uh, it's really captivating. There's a lot of wisdom in the show. And uh, we we hope you listen twice to this because Ryan is just one of those people that really inspires you. So uh, we want to um, introduce to you our friend Ryan Lee. Welcome Ryan Lee to the Innovative Founder. Ryan, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How I appreciate it, Brandon. I, I'm doing well. I'm excited. I know we've been trying to get this booked and recorded for like two months. Yes. Uh, yes. So. Brandon isn't even sitting on his chair. He's hovering over. I'm, hover- I'm so excited. I'm a Ryan Lee fanboy. I wish I had a t-shirt <laughs> or something. Or a robe. But it's probably, a, it's it's probably a very one of the for Ryan is, okay, create a make t-shirt it, because Brandon's going to buy the whole lot. Yeah, maybe a Ryan Lee <laughs> nighty or something. want to make it kind of weird and creepy. I, um, no, I, I appreciate it, man. No, I, uh, I love what you guys are doing. And uh, obviously, we got to meet up at uh, Brian Kurtz's thing. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it was like six months ago. And it was uh Brandon, I hadn't seen you in a while. And Bob, it's been a while as well. So uh gosh, yeah. a decade, almost like a decade, man. Has it been that long? Wow. Well, you, you were you were kind of you were kind of going through some stuff, which we'll get into, like why we didn't see you or run across from you, right? So yeah. we'll we'll get into that for sure. But yeah, no, it's always good uh like yeah, you become friends, you kind of come up this, you know, on the same journey and then uh you, you end up meeting a decade later and it's like, how you doing? It's like, hmm. you know, you didn't miss a beat. So that's, that's what I love about this journey. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dig in, like to just, Sweet. I know <laughs> it, this is more like kind of journey stuff and story, although, yeah. you know, I'm dying to just say, all right, teach, here's how to create the, the membership, but <laughs> fine. I, we'll let I, you run with it. Fine. We'll let you <laughs> teach at some point. But, but we're, first, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we need to get into some things first, man. Yeah. Yes, but first, but, <laughs> yes. and there's more. So, Ryan, what is going on in your world right now that is exciting for you, personal, business, anything? What are you geeked about? What are you super excited about? So, I a big like a big change happened just a couple of months ago. I don't even know if I told you guys. I think I did. Um, I so years ago, I kind of was doing still some teaching internet marketing stuff, but, but mostly focusing on my e-com companies and my main one called rewind. I just sold a few months ago. Um, so it's the first time in years I'm, I'm like untethered, unchained. I have Mm. all this even more freedom now. Um, so it feels really cool. So, you know, it was a nice exit. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out kind of what I want to do next. I've been emailing my list more frequently my marketing list. I still have um, thousands of people who've just kind of been with me over the years who just stick around for whatever crazy reason as I as I ramble on about, <laughs> about business. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm creating, I'm working on a couple different programs. I'm looking to do some some really interesting shakeups to the to the model. So maybe 
kind of reversing everything. So instead of selling a course for a thousand, what happens if I give the whole damn course away for free? Mm -hmm. You know, can I make like that? I, I love to challenge what everyone, like if everyone is selling thousand, I'm sorry, yes. 997. If everyone's selling right. those courses, you go 998. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's, that's so different, right? 996. Uh, <laughs> like, how do I do something that's completely different? Like, can I give it all away? And is yeah. there a way to monetize? Is there a way to still get customers in? So I'm kind of in the, in the midst of playing with that concept. I've been playing with it for just a couple of days. Of course, I like to move fast. That's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the keys with entrepreneurship, right? It's just moving fast. Um, so I think, so I'm working on a sales page. I'm still not even sure what I'm doing yet. Okay. I'm hoping that next week I launch it. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, is this for, is this for, no, there was, there was freedom. Yeah. Is this, tell us about a little the bit freedom, about the evolution. Yeah. So freedom, um, I sold years ago. Freedom mm -hmm. at the time was a membership site and it was mm -hmm. the original Netflix for entrepreneurs. Then, you know, mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other people basically did the exact same thing. It took my ne head. I'm that like, never happens. Cool. What are you talking about? Yeah, never it always happens. happens. Um, yeah. So I ended up selling it. Uh, and the people who bought it ran it um, for about a year or so. I can't get into too many details, but but basically, I I took it back. I didn't want to, but I kind of sure. uh, it fell back into my lap. So I've been I still own Freedom, uh, but I stopped the membership because I didn't want to keep updating it. So I turned off all that recurring revenue income, and I, I played around with it. I did some stuff where I'm like, okay, you could access the old stuff for free, and okay, let's make it a newsletter. It's just kind of sitting there now, doing its own thing. Um, and after I sold Rewind, which is my nutrition company, um, now I'm, I'm, I'm just back to how do I simplify everything, like mm -hmm. my life, mm -hmm. my day. And it's really difficult to run multiple brands and multiple companies, you know, especially nowadays if you want to have multiple social, social media accounts and mm -hmm. multiple ad accounts and just even if you're not an online business, trying to run multiple businesses is just it's tough. So I'm mm -hmm. I'm kind of doubling down on my own brand, just Ryan Lee. I own RyanLee.com. Um, I had it redone. It's more of like a fun, vibrant thing to match my energy. And I'm writing there again. I'm starting to do some videos. Um, I'm probably gonna come up with my new my show again. I haven't done a podcast in, in years and years. You could see behind me here, uh, Ryan Lee TV. So that's yes. yeah, that's I wasn't gonna put that up there because I'm still not a hundred percent sure that's the name and look, but 90-ish percent sure, just something uh -huh. different like Ryan Lee TV. It's kind of like a little a little nod to like MTV. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm just- Back when they played actual music videos. Yeah, exactly. Right, uh, yeah. But I want to try to bring that fun and energy to business and entrepreneurship. Um, yeah, so. I, I think people should absolutely go to, it's Ryan Lee, so R-Y-A-N-L-E-E.com. Like mm -hmm. I haven't seen another website like it. You have it pulled up, Brandon? I will. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, cartoon, like cartoonish. Kind of like um, we, we went for that kind of flashing, almost like that 80s look where it looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. video yeah. and just looks like, a, a, you know, some just colors that pop a little Love bit it. more vibrant. Lots of primary colors. I, I have not seen another website like it. So that's just from that standpoint, people should go look that up. That's, that's oh, pretty cool. You. Yeah, yeah it, no, it's I fun. Like and it. I want it to just be different than every other you know, kind of online marketing thing. Cause most of the personal brands I saw, if it was guys, it all pretty much looked the same. Like oh, yeah. white background, blue, you know, that, that blue, 
that kind of hero like, shot and yeah the trust yeah owner. the hero shot i, I right. help blah 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 turn into blah 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 enter your right. email um right. or it's the female ones and they kind of all look the same and everyone's like i'm gonna boss your ass and you know I'm we're gonna boss <laughs> bitch and yeah stuff. yeah okay. up, up level your you. brand boss Right. Well, it's either bossing. it's either it's very male forward energy or it's yeah. very soft feminine energy. It's kind of one of it's one or the other. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and and my business, it's it's interesting in the kind of entrepreneurial teaching spaces. Mine is is almost like down the middle 50-50 male, female. Yeah. Um, it always has been. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm married and a dad of four, and I talk a lot yeah. about my family and um yeah. and, and I don't maybe I don't throw off like the whole alpha bro energy. Yeah. Uh, but never have you never have no yeah i'm i'm like a softer like a like a jerry seinfeld Gent, gentler softer yeah softer. who yeah. else wants to make money that's my <laughs> well, do you do you come from the same neighborhood uh no he's uh he's new i think he's um is he long island or queens uh, i think he he might be long island um, okay. i mean i'm new york I, I i'm i'm rockland county so i was like 45 minutes from where he grew up and my okay. dad's from Long Island. So, and we're both, you know, we're Jewish New Yorkers. It's, it's all, it's wow. all very similar. I didn't, I, I didn't realize there was a Jewish population in New York. <laughs> yeah. It's shocker. Huh? Um, yeah. What? So we come, we're, we're kind of cut from the same cloth. A little bit yeah. of sarcasm too. Well, take, take us back, Ryan. Like athletics have been a big part of your life. It's a big part of my life. Um, like what, what, what 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 were you involved in high school and college and kind of how did that propel you forward? Yeah. Oh man, now we're touching on like my favorite topics. Yeah, uh, that's this is all great. we do on the show. Screw yeah. business. Um <laughs> yeah, I you know, growing up, I was never like the most coordinated athlete, but I was I was always fast. And then finally, in I think it was what was it eighth grade? So it was my last year of junior high. All my friends like, man, you should try out for you should go run on the track team. I'm like, all right. And it was Awesome. And I set actually the first year I won the counties, Rockland County, and I set a record as for like the whole junior high. So that was awesome. And I ran all through high school, had a really good career. And then I ran all through four years of college. Um, yeah, I was track. So I was the sprinter. So I ran 100, 200. And the wow. relay I was on, we actually in college, we set the school record and it held for 17 years. Um, and I went, oh my to the, gosh. Yeah, we went wow. to the NCAAs. Now, Let's put it in perspective. It was a D3 school. <laughs> I wasn't running it like UCLA. Um, I wasn't That's fine. You know, making it to the Olympics, but for my, you know, skills, like it was, uh, it was good. It was fun. And I was captain of the track. So it gave me, it just definitely gave me a lot of confidence and, uh, you know, that just the competition and, and the stuff you need as an entrepreneur too. resilience, man, uh, you know, waking up so early and running and, and I went to school in Ithaca, New York, Ithaca college, and it was freezing and track practice. We, we used to run outside in the snow. We didn't even indoor track. Mm. So yes. it, uh, it gets you, it toughens you yeah. up, but it was, it was great. So I loved yeah, don't, it. Don't, don't disparage D3 athletics. I mean, no, my daughter no. played four years of softball, um, got a fantastic education at a top end school, university of Chicago, uh, oh, yeah. A lot of my basketball players, like that's the route. I mean, college, if yeah. you play sports in college, you are automatically in like the top 1% of like the high school athletes that actually get to move on. Like most athletes come out of high school, they're yeah. done. Like right. it's just, it's just, they become weekend warriors, but to play another four years at, at a college, I don't, I don't care if it's D3, like that is a college experience. No, I appreciate it. No, it was cool. And I was, I was recruited a little bit, you know, and I, I did talk 
to a few D1 schools and I got into Syracuse and Maryland. But even if I ran for them, I would have been, you know, much further down on the depth chart. And uh, I just wanted a kind of a smaller school, but it was, it was such a great experience. And um, I still go to the track and do some sprints. I'm actually thinking now, so now I am uh, back in October, I turned 50. So I'm thinking of starting to compete again. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to start training a little bit and see, because now na- there's master's track and I, I just hit the age group where it's like 50 to 55. And I was looking at the times like to come in top 10 in the country or even yeah, in the like- world. I'm like, I think I could kind of get there ish. Nice. Um, That's maybe, awesome. Maybe. Nice. I don't know. I, I, I might be delusional, but when I coach my kids sports and I'm out there running with them, I still feel really fast. But again, I could be absolutely <laughs> delusional because I'm racing. You just got to be, you just got to be careful of the hamstring pull in the sprints. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I right? got to take care of the hammies. Absolutely. I, and I pulled my hamstring actually the first, my first track meet in college, it was an indoor track meet at Cornell and we were racing all, all D1 schools. And I remember I was running the, the, the indoor 200 and I pulled my hamstring first freaking meet. And uh, I was out almost the whole winter season. My hamstring still is like kind of a little bit tweaked to this day. It never fully healed. I ran all the yep. years with it. And that was back in 1990. So, you know, we're coming on. Yeah. I, I pulled, I pulled a hammy my uh, senior year of high school baseball stretching. I played third base was they, they bunted and I had to do the first baseman stretch and I was not stretched out. And yeah, like it took, it took months just to be able to like, comfortably walk again you know those are tough um, injuries those i don't think those ever really fully fully heal like that's a tough yeah a hamstring yeah. hamstring pull but um well I, I know brian's got a question but i i gotta ask you so a youth thing like you and i shared at least in in our youth this passion for baseball cards like that's mm. kind of one of the things that got you started right like, oh yeah i love collecting cards oh my god i mean it's funny the second you just said third base I go right back to the eighties. I'm like, man, the best yeah. third baseman who, who is your, like, who is better George Brett or Mike Schmidt? You know, like um, I, I'm just trans. No, like both of them. I was fanboys of absolutely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, third base. I love both of them. They, they, uh, they exemplified the eighties baseball for me. Oh, without a doubt. So I, um, I was never good at baseball, but I loved the sport and I loved collecting baseball cards. So I started my first business when I was um, right around 12 years old. And I was selling baseball cards online. Online. No, you weren't. <laughs> um, you liar. Well, <laughs> on, well, AOL. It was. Up. It was the version of online. So this was. This was 1985, way before the internet. But I remember I would take out. I took out ads. I actually wrote ads, like space ads, and put them in baseball card magazines. And people would. And it was for a free price list. Send an, an SASE. Remember the self-addressed stamped envelope. Self-addressed yeah. And they send envelope. it. And I remember typing it up on a typewriter. And then like getting it photocopied and, and folding up and putting it in the envelope. And people would send me checks and send me cash in the mail. Um, but we had our home address on there. And then I would have people call and actually come to the house. And I'll never forget, like, and I had all my baseball cards in the basement. And my mom said, Ryan, um, there's a man here who wants to see you. And oh it's boy. like, you know, a 42 year old guy. And yeah. I'm like, going down into the basement with him she's like what is going on here <laughs> oh but they didn't was they, they really didn't question that in the 80s though oh, like, not God. as much like and my normal. mom was like you know a nervous jewish mom but she still was like it's a little weird a um but weird. that's okay <laughs> but uh so yeah it was it was such a it was the best business model in the world because i would get cards for my birthday for hanukkah like that was my thing i my parents would take me to the baseball card store there's one in nyack new york and i'd get cards and I'd sell them. 
Uh, and I keep all the profit. Uh, but it was, nice. it was such a fun business. Um, I loved it. I still, even now, like we, I'll take my son. Sometimes we'll go to a big baseball card show and, um, you know, get some autographs. I got an autographed. It was cool. An autographed bat. They were sitting together, Mookie Wilson and Bill Buckner. And they oh both autographed goodness. the bat. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was infamous. Yeah. 1986. Oh my oh, goodness. Maybe. Yeah. So that was, uh, and I was, uh, I'm still, I'm a diehard Mets fan. But um, that that was my first taste of business. But I didn't know, like I loved it, but I didn't know I'd be an entrepreneur because there was no such thing as the internet, you know, back mm. then. Who know? Mm, yeah. uh, I actually thought I would end up doing on the side like a start. Um, my dream was to do a newsletter because my other passion, what I love more than baseball cards, are movies, like mm. movies, TV. I addicted. Um, so I wanted to do a newsletter, a print newsletter that reviewed movies. And there was one, I used to go to Tower Records and it was called, I think like the laser disc something. And I'd always buy it. I'm like, oh man, I could do this. And I even bought books on how to start your own print newsletter. Like this was in the early nineties and I was so close to launching it. Then the internet came out and that's when I kind of said, oh, maybe I could do something similar ish, but online. Yeah. So that was my first taste of, you, there's something. You didn't date ourselves too much by saying Tower Records, laser disc, right. self-addressed stamped envelope. Like, yeah, this I, is I like. Know. Listen to these old men talking today. And yeah, if there's someone in their twenties, they're gonna be like, "What are these guys talking about? What? What? What is he saying?" Yeah, yeah. VHS, Beta, Max. Hey, are we you know what? This is finally uh, like a, a conversation where I don't just have to talk about like how to build a membership site. So this is I don't get to talk about that. My wife doesn't want to hear this shit from me. So <laughs> who else am I gonna talk to this stuff? About? Right? Yeah, kids well, like, like our, right, yeah, our listeners are listening to it now. Yeah, totally yeah. Stuff. yeah. My kids like all right, great. You ran track. You were fast. Blah blah blah. Uh, what's for dinner? <laughs> what's yeah. for dinner? Where's my, my allowance? allowance? Right. Yeah. Hand it over. Yeah. Ryan, a denominator in in so much of your um, your businesses have been around health. Um, mm. When we met years ago, and this being a member of Freedom and, and some of your other um, membership sites, that's been a commonality for you. And yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Like it's like so. I remember years ago, you you held up a uh, a book cover where you were dressed, you know, in like business casual, and half of you was like in a tracksuit, and you were poking fun at yourself. But that's been a theme for you. Like health has yeah. been a big deal for you. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that kind of influenced your journey? Yeah. I mean, it's always been a part of my life, health. Um, I, I started, luckily, uh, I, look, I was blessed with great parents. I hit the lottery. Um, and my dad would work. He taught me how to work out. We used to work out together in the basement um, starting when I was right around 12 years old. And we had like, you know, the those remember those sand weights? Again, we're dating ourselves. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, yeah. like encyclopedia bodybuilding book and the sand weights. And I would do curls and bench press. But yeah, it's always been a part of my life, working out, always. Never going like crazy and heavy and lift lifted, but always trying to keep fit. Um, so obviously it helped me with track um and all through college. And um it's always been something I was really interested in. Even when I graduated college, I got a job. My first job was at a children's rehab hospital. And I was in charge of, I, I was doing, I was a recreational therapist. That was my undergraduate degree. And I also ran their adapted aquatics, but I started incorporating a lot of sports and fitness, um, especially fitness stuff with the kids, because most of these kids were in wheelchairs. Um, a lot of them had had surgery. There mm. were kids with spina bifida. There were kids with cerebral palsy. So I would find ways to do exercise with them. And I became a uh, a certified, I got like seven 
fitness certifications all through that time. I became an adapted uh, fitness instructor. I actually became a Special Olympics coach because there were a couple of kids who were athletic. I'm like, we could put them in the Special Olympics. Mm. I even ran a race with a kid who was um, who was blind, and we ran together with a tethered string uh, around. We did a 400 meter. I was dying because I'm not a 400 meter runner. That's a full (laughs) lap. I was lap around the track. Yeah. And I was like, you know, 24, but I was like three years out of college. I wasn't training. I was like, I'm like, Oh yeah. And he was, I'm like, I was dying. Um, but I did. So I started getting more into that. Then a sports medicine doctor came and he said, Ryan, I'd love for you to work with me more, but maybe like you don't have a master's. So I went at night and put myself to graduate school and got a master's in exercise physiology. So that's when I really started getting more involved in it and started doing part-time training. I used to train a lot of athletes. Um, I set up, and this is where the entrepreneurial thing started to take place, where I set up training programs. I went to a big fitness center that that was attached to an ice skating rink, and I started doing off-ice conditioning for their hockey players, but for the whole team. So all, I, all of a sudden, I was making like 400 bucks in an hour. Like it was crazy because wow. they were like paying 15 bucks a kid, like 20 kids, 30 kids. Uh, and that was more than I'd make in a week or two weeks at the children's hospital. So I started doing more and more of that. Um, but there was always this common thread. And when I started my first online business in 98, it was in sports training. It was to promote my sports training company. So that's where I started. And I figured if I could make, you know, an extra five, 10, 15,000 a year doing you know, training and maybe selling some online fitness programs or medicine balls, whatever, that'd be great. So that's where I started. And that's where I thought I'd be. I never thought I'd actually teach marketing. Who the hell was I? Like, I didn't have, you know, at the time you doubt yourself. Like I didn't have an MBA. I didn't take marketing classes. I didn't know. And the internet was so new. It's almost like how AI is now. It's, it was such a, uh, a wide open field, wide open space. So I was learning with everyone else. Um, but Fitness has always been the constant. I've always had a health and fitness company, um, although there were a couple of years, and maybe we'll talk about that later, where just everything kind of fell apart, and including my health. Like I stopped really taking care of my health. Mm. My weight ballooned. Um, I became om- – I was almost 200 pounds, and I'm, I'm only 5'8". And then I, I, was, I was getting joint pain, and I was diagnosed with a, a psoriatic arthritis, which is an autoimmune disorder. So – that's when I really, I'm like, I got to get my health back. I know I skipped yeah. over about 10 years there, but you did. Um, health has always okay. been a really important yeah. part of it. And I'm glad all, all my kids play sports. We always said to them, we don't care what sport you play. I don't care. Um, I'm sport agnostic, whatever you, but you got to do something. You got to do a high school sport. Uh, and they all do. And they've all been really good. And it's, it's so cool. My son love, he's 13, loves working at every night. He's like, dad, what should I do tonight? I'm like, do you know, a couple hundred pushups do the, so uh, I'm trying to instill in them a lifetime habit of always working at, always exercising, taking care of your health. What, what, what sports did they love? What did they play? Um, so my oldest is a really good tennis player. Um, my second oldest uh, used to do gymnastics, but she kept getting hurt. So now she's a diver. She's a good diver. My third oldest. Uh, so she's a freshman. She's uh, field hockey and tennis. And then my son, who's my youngest, his main two sports are uh, tennis and basketball. All right. Yeah. I'm nice. assuming does he have does he have dad's height point guard? Oh yeah, he's point guard. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and and we live in a in a town called New Canaan, Connecticut, and like every guy here, it's like they're like six two six. They're all like six two six three investment banker, hedge fund. Like, all right. And I'm this, you know, I I I come up to their 
friggin' nipples. Uh, <laughs> and all their kids are huge. Like um, yeah. on my son's basketball team, he's only 13. He has one kid who's six foot one, another kid who's like 5'11, another kid who's like 5'10. I'm like, God, these kids are huge. So, uh, yeah, I, can, like you I, can't, I you can't coach height, but um, yeah. same thing. Like you can't coach speed. So like if your son is fast, like dad and can handle the ball, like yeah, a he's coach fast. Will absolutely build a team around a fast point guard. Yeah, he's fast. And I told him, I said to him, look, I don't, we can't predict the future, but there's probably a good chance. You're not going to be like six, four. So you have to be the best dribbler in the town, like by far. Mm -hmm. And all he mm -hmm. does is dri practice dribbling and shooting. And so that's his thing. So I said, just find your strength and double down on it. Like be the absolute best mm -hmm. and, and work as hard as you possibly can. Like, and he, he's, you know, one of the shortest out there and he gets re he gets like four or five rebounds a game. Like he's in there banging away and, and playing hard. So that's all you want, you know, from your, out of your kids, right? Just to try hard and, and build up some grit and resilience because my kids have it pretty damn good here in this town. It's like a little bubble. So uh, <laughs> I just want to get, make them self-reliant, not hand them everything and say, you know, life isn't always fair and it's going to kick in the balls. Uh, mm -hmm. You got to get back up. You got to dust yourself off. You did look, you didn't make the travel team. You didn't make this. That's fine. Try harder and keep going forward. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do. Hey, founders, if you want to connect with a genuine, transparent, well-experienced, been there, done that, energetic, colorful entrepreneur and marketer, uh, look no further than Ryan Lee. Go to his site, ryanlee.com, R-Y-A-N-L-E-E.com. Get his daily-ish email and see what he's doing. It's a really unique website. I think you're going to enjoy his energy and his vibe. RyanLee.com. Back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Ryan, have you been able to, you know, parents of entrepreneurs have this concern is we, we want to instill and the, you know, the freedom aspect, the entrepreneurial gene into our kids and sometimes it's much harder to do than, you know, than intended. Is that something you've been able to do with your kids? Is it, you know, your life is online, it's starting businesses. I, I think yeah. you've got a Midas touch. Um, uh, it's so fun to watch, you know, the, the businesses you get involved in. But is, yeah. have, have your kids taken that on at all? Are you, or is there a way that you've helped them get into that? Or is it kind of like you're, you're kind of maybe planting a seed and then letting them do their thing? What's your Yeah, I, I think it's more the latter. Um, okay. just like with sports, I didn't, I never pushed a thing. I want them to kind of go with what feels right. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I, I talk about business. I mean, I drive them crazy because everywhere we go, we play this game. Like, let's say we're in a shopping center and there's an empty store. I'd be like, all right, what store would go well here? Mm -hmm. Like, well, maybe an ice cream yeah. shop. I'm like, yeah, but there's an ice cream shop down there. How would it be different? So we're mm -hmm. always, mm. of course the, the, the recurring joke is I, I, my go-to is let's make it an eighties theme. It could be anything. <laughs> Dry cleaners, 80s, right. they're like that. Everything we do, dad, is 80s theme. dad, every because all I want to do is like have an 80s themed coffee shop and just hang out all day, uh, <laughs> watching watching MTV videos. Yes, I will do that one day, by the way. You will, uh, well, that's gonna be that's gonna be my retirement thing. Uh, I mean, Robert Zemeckis did that in Back to the Future, right? The 80s, yeah, cafe. That, exactly. Yeah, you want to have like Max Headroom and Michael Jackson, like that's exactly you know, what selling it would be like. Pepsis. I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what so a great that, idea. Yeah, that I, I think it would work. Um, so my kids all know about it. Uh, they see the ups and the downs as well. I think two of them are probably a little bit more inclined to do it just naturally. 
my oldest, who's a sophomore at college now, and my youngest, he kind of digs it a little bit, but my two middle, no desire. Like they've okay. even said to me, like, that's great, but I don't want to be like my, my, my 17 year old is a junior in high school. Now definitely wants to go into the health science stuff, maybe yeah. physical therapy or occupational therapy. She's just so nat, such a natural with kids. And my other daughter, uh, she doesn't know what she wants to do yet, but she doesn't want to be an entrepreneur. She just doesn't have that thing. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Like, sure. yeah, I, you know, and, and my wife is, um, is, a, she has a PhD. She's a, she's a, uh, school psychologist. So she works now private practice from home, uh, all through zoom, which is awesome. But, uh, she's more like go to college, get a good job. So we yeah. have a little bit, uh, opposing things to it, but the kids will find, they'll, you know, I always look at it just you try to instill self-esteem in them, uh, make them feel good about themselves. And again, I, I just think a big part of it is teach it like have, not always protecting them from everything. I think yeah. we're so, mm. we've become so <clears throat> protective of our kids and so nervous and they, we don't let them experience anything. And especially the failing, like you have to let them experience failing. You know, guys, as entrepreneurs, like every, people see our wins, but they don't see the losses. Mm -hmm. And right. The, mm -hmm. the, you know, there are times every entrepreneur has gone through this. You, there are times you wake up in the morning, you're like, this is the greatest day ever. Mm -hmm. Like Leonardo yep. DiCaprio, I'm the king of the world. Yeah. Two o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, I think I'm going to kill myself today. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm going to shoot Amazon myself. Amazon is hiring. I'm yeah. going to go apply. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Like, like contemplating suicide. And there, are, but yeah. there are also times. Yeah. And there are times too, when it's really hard, when I think back, I'm like, man, cause the last job I had, I was a teacher. I'm like, if I would have just been a teacher, like it would have been easy. I would have been a coach. Yeah. I would have made my whatever hundred grand. And I'd probably be retiring in like four years, <laughs> you know, <when> <laughs> my pension with, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe I wouldn't have this really nice house and the extra, but it wouldn't be so bad either. Uh, <laughs> and everyone has their own path, right? Like, uh, yeah. Grass is always greener. I'm sure there are people working in that job. Like, oh my God, I I can't spend another day in a job or punching yeah. a clock. And they would love the freedom that we have. So, sure. but everything's a, it, it's it's all, you know, risk reward and and how much risk you're willing to take, especially as an entrepreneur, because there's some, like you said, there are things that work and things that don't, and uh, you can get your your ass kicked too. Yeah, if yeah. You're not paying attention, or if you start drinking your own Kool Aid. Right. Well, I take us. Go ahead, B. I was just going to say, make comment that Ryan, that's one thing I think um, people appreciate about you and your brand is that you've always had an honesty about you, about the journey. You haven't been a hype junkie. You haven't been a marketing narcissist where it's about draining credit cards. There's always, and I think that's, that's very endearing and re reassuring to people. You've always been very transparent about your journey and, uh, and, and honest now, about it. But I'm shifting now. You're I'm shifting to lying just flat out. I, I did buy the domain name Douchepreneur. So I'm thinking of making I'm thinking of making that something. Uh, okay, so I need a picture of you on a beach with a laptop yeah. with a Lamborghini behind it and maybe a yeah. private jet taking off in the right, background right. as well. Like you just like get stack, everything. Stack all this stuff. Lamborghini yeah. all on a beach. You need a stack bunch of pretty beach. people in the background partying yeah. too. Oh yeah. yeah. Like bikini models. Yeah. Bumping lines off their chest. Exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, again, I, I, it comes back to, I was just, I was just really lucky with my parents. Like they just taught me good values, you know, be, just be a that. good human being. 
Yeah. Be, yeah. be a good person. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Just try to do the right thing. And it, it's it's hard to be a sneaky, shady scumbag when the first six years of your job, you're working at a children's hospital. I mean, you yeah. can't get more of a grounding, mm. like, you know, working all day with kids in, in the hospital in wheelchairs. I mean, I know so many kids that have passed away mm. uh, and mm. seeing some of the struggles they go through and, and this kid's back in the hospital and it's his, you know, 19th surgery. So all the stuff and all the struggles and all the, the humanity, you know, going to this online world, I, I, I just, I had that foundation that I think just gave me a lot of perspective as well. Um, and I've, I've talked about this before. I had this kind of my Jewish coming to Jesus moment when mm. everything <laughs> felt really weird when I was in full kind of guru mode, mm. full guru mode. Like I was speaking at these events and selling from the stage and who else wants to blah, 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 run to the back, you know, first 10 only, uh, it just, it always felt a little weird. Um, even though the sales were there, it just felt, it didn't feel fully aligned with my soul. I was doing it because I was making money and everyone's like, oh, Ryan, you're great at it. You're a natural. And I'm about to go on stage at one event. And I, I, I just don't want to say the person's name in public, but it's, yep. it's, a, it's like a household name for marketing and his market, his, the person who helps run the event, his partner, I'm about to go on stage and there's like five, 600 people in the audience. And he goes, Ryan, you got one job and one job only. And he looks me dead in the eyes. And I thought he was going to like say, kick ass, change yeah. lives, rock yeah. the house. And he goes, your job. And he like pauses. I'm like, here we go. He goes, it's to extract every dollar from every person in that room. Oh. And he's like, go get them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Jeez. man, it was, uh, he must have saw my face. I'm like, what? Like, it's just such a, it was like a, kicking the nads it was such yeah. a weird out-of-body experience and i'm like this this can't be this can't be my path this can't be my legacy you know yes. extracting mm. money from everyone in the audience like that's yep. not it's not why i'm here um i i'm still not sure why i'm here but i know it's not that so that was the beginning of me kind of winding down that world and that life and like finding ways to exit and just um when I had my events after that, I'm like, you know, every event I do, there's no pitching and there's nothing wrong with pitching, nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it. Look, and if that's your model, I get it. And it's a model that works and you could do it ethically and legally and help people. Cool. I'm not, people think I just say you, you should never pitch or you should never sell. You should never sell coaching. I don't, if sell good shit, like yeah. I have yeah. no problem. If you sell good stuff, if you sure. sell a hundred thousand dollar mastermind and you deliver a million dollars in value. Awesome. But if you sell a $100,000 mastermind and you show up once a year and you don't do anything and like you pawn it off on other people and you're like, oh, it's accountability, then you're a fraud and you're a scam artist. Mm, so yeah. I started to kind of exit from that world. I, I don't sell at events anymore. Um, and I just started to exit those friendships or people who I thought were my friends and uh, just went to a place where I felt better. I kind of retreated from that whole thing and got yeah. back and went to the health space as well too. Mm. Good, uh, good for you. Some sharks there too, though. But good for you. <laughs> yeah, I know we made a big jump earlier. You you were telling us about the the personal training business, you know, coaching young athletes, things like that. Um, how did you make the jump? First of all, into like making that a business online, mm -hmm. and then how did you jump from doing that to being a guru, so, so to speak? The, the jump from 
from kind of offline to online. So this was late 90s. This was like 98. Okay. This is when I was doing the training and had, I was running uh, mostly clinics, like sports training clinics. And I was okay. doing what you did in the 90s, business cards and those three full brochure, brochures. Remember those? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd hand them out at skating rinks or wherever, wherever I could. And then, uh, well, I got to like, we need a, we need some sort of game, like a bingo card or a drinking game for all the eighties references that we like we skating do. rank, right. Business right. cards. Like you're just Skate, like, skating you're just, you're business just throwing cards. them out. This episode is just full of eighties references. I need a bell to ring. envelope, laser disc. Yeah. Um, I need a bell to ring. Something. Yeah. Every, t- every find, time I'll we get an old something. school reference. <clears throat> right. So, so I started, uh, so, so right at that time, this was like night end of 98, you know, the internet was just starting to kind of yeah. happen yeah. now. I'm like, you know, maybe I can get a website to just to promote my sports training company. <clears throat> and I was trying to build it. I bought a, a product and it was expensive. It was like 200 bucks. It was called front page 98. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Microsoft that was like front the page. way to build the site. I yeah. still couldn't get the damn thing to work. So we, I had a neighbor across the street, Jonathan, who was like 12 and he <laughs> helped me set it up. I gave him like 20 bucks and I got the site up. 20 bucks. Yeah. I, I couldn't even get that thing up. It was so confusing back then. My God. And servers, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And it was dial up. Right. I was living yeah. in my parents' oh, yeah. basement. It was like, Eek. I had my uh, yeah. ding yeah. ding. Yeah. yeah. We had prodigy. Uh, prodigy. I, was prodigy. I was a prodigy.net guy. Wow. And, uh, I then I started. I'm like, all right, if I'm going to do this, let me start learning a little bit about marketing my website. Like, how do I market this thing online? So I was looking online, and then I started searching. This is really before Google too. Like, I was looking at Yahoo. I was looking at um, Lycos and Hotbot. Remember, like, how to build your website, how to market. And then I started coming across guys who. It's funny. A lot of these guys have become my friend, like John, Jonathan Mizell. Um, who else? uh, Mark Joyner, like I, I've known these guys forever, but they were like my first people I was watching, the late Corey Rudel. I was studying them, and then I started getting hooked. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is almost like my old laser disc, laser dick, laser disc, <laughs> ding, newsletter ding, ding. idea, uh-huh. except Dong. I could do it online. So I started yeah. writing, and one thing was write articles. So I started writing articles about what I knew, speed training and sports. And then they're like, build a list, get an email list. So I put up a little form said, hey, subscribe to my newsletter. And I started getting, I'll never forget, I got emails, people subscribing. And then I got an email from a guy in Japan saying, oh, can you write a a training program for me? I'm like, what? Like, here I am in New York and living in my parents' basement. Like, I'm reaching someone in Japan. It was That was like this really mind-blowing thing. So I'm like, okay, how do I make money with this? Can I make a little bit of money? And then I connected with a sports equipment, sports training equipment company. So they sold um, medicine balls and bands and things like that. So what I would do is I set up a cart. It was a free cart. It was called like Malcart or something. And it was crazy how I'm thinking how we even did this. They'd order on the cart. It would, the order would come into my email with the credit card numbers. I'd print it out. I'd go to the bank and then the bank would like write in the slip and go like, ching remember those things? Cha-ching. Yeah, the slider. Yeah. 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 And they would like do the form, like a photocopy of whatever copy of it and give me the thing. And then it would go into my account like two days later. Then I would forward that email to the sports equipment company and then they would send out the equipment and I would get um, a commission on it. And you know, I was all of a sudden I'm selling medicine balls and I'll never forget this. I was working still at the hospital and I checked the email 
I got an order and it was like $1,100. Now, now my paychecks at the time after taxes were like 600 bucks every other week. And I just did a thousand dollars in one day. That's when I'm like, there's something here. Like <laughs> there really is something here. Uh, so then I became kind of obsessed with learning the marketing of it. And then I was just wheeling and dealing like timing is timing is a lot of this. So I was, I contacted the big association, the national strength and conditioning association. I said, I'll set up web pages for all your state things. And they're like, all right, cool. So all of a sudden, like the New York, so all of these strength coaches were going to my site for information. So I became like the hub pretty quickly. So I, I would, I did so from 98 to like, and then I left that job. I don't know how much of the story you want me to get into. I'll, I'll give you the, the 10 second version. The site was doing well. A big company was, was building like online registrations for athletes. And they said, we want to buy your site. They want to, we want to buy you and hire you to work with us. Okay. And they said, but we can't give you, we can't give you any money really because, but we're going to give you stock because when we go public, you know, the CEO of Adidas is coming on, blah, blah. You're going to make, you can have all this stock and it's going to be worth millions in a couple of years. And they, they doubled my salary. And I was, they gave me like, I was making 28,000, 26,000 at the hospital. They gave me like 65,000 and I could work for myself. I'm like, done. But they gave me, but they said, but we can give you $500 in cash. <laughs> but we own the site and you get all the stock and you get the salary. So I took, the, I took it uh, about a month into the job. Like, yeah. Uh, remember, do you guys remember the, uh, the dot-com bust? The big yes. novel, the burst. Yeah. Did you yep. start that? That was your. I you started pretty that. much started it. You were the so, head domino. I always wondered all, who that was. I, it was me, it, <laughs> and it, it crashed, Ooh. crashed big time. And they said, "Yeah, uh, we're gonna try to stick around, but we don't know." And then, like a month later, I was gone. so I was there for two months, and then they let everyone go. They said, "But you can keep the laptop." I'm like, great, <laughs> thank you. That was like they were so excited. You can keep the laptop. I said, "But I want my site back." So they gave me the yeah. site back. Good. Oh. Then, but I needed a job. And I'm like, all right, now I got to get a job. So I was interviewing like crazy. And then I inter- interviewed at a company called internet.com as like an editor of one of their things. I, d- I had no experience doing that. And they asked me all these questions and she's, and you know, I'm, I could, I could turn on the charm, you know, I could be, you know, I could be like, you know, I could be convincing. And she's of like, course. do you know HTML? I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. No HTML. For, it was pretty clear. <laughs> that is the path. You know what? If there's any denominator of entrepreneurs, we every single one does this. Someone asks, hey, can you do this? And we say, hell Absolutely. yes. And then we go for the weekend and we learn how to do it. If there is oh, one yeah. trait yeah. of an entrepreneur, it's that. You figure it out. Um, Probably one but, of the most common answers. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Here's yeah, this so all we, the time. So, but it was clear I was not built. It was it was in New York City, so I was living in Stamford, Connecticut at the time. I, I took the train every day, a commuter, this soul-sucking commute every day <laughs> into New York City, sitting in a cubicle. It was like I felt the years slipping away, and it was six in, six months in. They just they fired me to like just just isn't working, and it was it was so it was. I mean, I thought I did a good job, but it was te- it was awful. Um, so I had to hustle and get another job. And it was crazy because at the hospital, I had the most stable job. I had like seven, eight weeks vacation. Like it was a dream. And here I am now struggling again. And, uh, and then I got – but all the while, I was still working on my part-time sports training business. I was writing articles. I was selling equipment. Um, and I would have hits and misses. I would have – you know, sometimes you can make 500 bucks in a day, sometimes nothing. It was kind of very up and down. 
I got another job. Then I became a gym teacher because uh, I already had my master's in exercise physiology, and it was in the South Bronx in an alternative high school, an area called Hunts Point. So it was all kids who had kind of fallen out of high school and stuff, and mm. they, most of them had been arrested. So I started up their health and fitness, their health and phys ed program. And then while I was doing that, I'm like, all right, I am getting serious about this online, this part-time business. So every free period I have, we didn't even have the internet. I used to have to walk a couple blocks past like the drug dealers and the prostitutes. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. Um, to the public library to like work on stuff during my breaks. And I said, I'm just doing this. I am getting friggin' serious. I took all of the articles that we'd written. So by that time, it'd been three, four years of sports training articles. I said, there's this thing called membership sites I kept reading about. I bought a couple of products. This guy called Terry Dean, who I'm friendly with, and I bought his product. Oh, yeah. And I said, you can charge people money for content like, re- like every month or every year. I'm like, really? So I took all the stuff. I put a password-protected thing on it. I didn't. I hired a college kid to do it. Right. And I went live. Well, here's a crazy story. Um. I was, I'll never forget. I'm driving to work <laughs> to the, to the school. It was September. It was the most perfect day in the world. Sun shining. I was listening to sports radio. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh. Later today, when I come home after school today, after the job, I'm making this site go live. This membership site, it was already. And like, my life's going to change. I couldn't wait for that day to end, to go home, to make it live. And it was perfect day that the, the sun was shining in New York city. Radio. Wait, we got breaking news. A plane just hit the World Trade Center. September 11th, 2001. Oh, I get goosebumps. Um, That was the day I was supposed to go live. Uh, I'll never forget that. So, yeah, and and our school was in the Bronx, but we were right on the water. So we were overlooking uh, right across the water there. We saw the towers, like the smoke Mm. and the fire. It was just crazy um so i ended up obviously i didn't launch that day i i I ended up launching a week or two later um but it was just so it was just every that's just so surreal um but i ended up going live a few weeks later the minute i went live um it brought in like tens of thousands of dollars like almost overnight and i told my wife i said if if we can keep this going and i was selling like here's another 80s reference i was selling like VHS tapes, sports training stuff. And I would take nice. them to school with me and, and walk across to the post office and ship them in the mail. Uh, I said, if I can make six consecutive months of income that is more than my teaching income, I'm going to leave this job and just do this full time because I got to do it. Mm-hmm. And I did. And it was the membership and the, the product sales and all the other stuff. And combined, I was making more than I was making as a teacher. And that was uh, middle of 2002. And I left that job and I've been on my own ever since, but that was the, that was kind of journey. So I did that. So for a couple of years, I was just all about sports and and sports training online and sports, you know, how to improve your speed is all for strength coaches. But then you asked me the question of how did I get into teaching business? I started getting emails from fitness pros saying, this is so cool. Um, You know, can you help me Mm -hmm. do online training? I, I would love, I train, I train athletes for speed. I would love to do online speed training. Could you teach me how to do it? I'm like, sure. I, it, it actually felt pretty easy for me. It felt pretty natural. And then one person had success and another and another. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I could start teaching this stuff to fitness pros. And all of a sudden, I started teaching fitness pros how to do this. And I created courses about how to do it. They weren't like video courses because back then we didn't have them. I had teleseminars. And then I'd sell them the CDs. Remember those? 
things. Yes. Another 80, CDs with a binder. CDs. I, I bought a 90s reference now. I we, bought a CD. Bur- I bought this, this, the tower of CD burners. And yes. I was all day in the basement. I was just cranking yes. them out. I was putting the paper stamp on them, Whoa. putting them in a binder, shipping them out. Um, I'd go to the post office with garbage bags and stuff. Uh, wow. Like, oh, hey, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> oh, they got to know him again. They did. Oh, they knew me. They knew me well. So <laughs> it was. So I was teaching. So all of a sudden, I became the guy, not only online sports, but the guy who's teaching sports and fitness pros. And it's crazy because some of those people are like legends in sports and fitness today. Some of my clients, like a guy Jeff Cavalier, who owns Athlete X, who's yeah, like yeah. number one fitness. He was. He was my client. This guy Mike Geary, who basically runs the online health space behind the scenes, but massively successful. Joel Marion, who ran, who owned Bio uh, BioTrust, like so many people, um, they were all my early clients. So, yeah, th- but then I to go broader, like I always thought, okay, this is nice, and I was making, I was starting to make really good money there because it was all profit. Then um, I became friendly with a guy, Yannick Silver, yeah, and Yannick oh, yeah. said, "Hey Ryan, you're doing really well with this membership site stuff in fitness. Can you come speak at my event called?" I think it was online underground or underground online. It was the underground seminar. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So I spoke at this. So he said, why don't you speak at the second one? Because the first one had already passed. And he's like, and you could be the membership guy. And I went up and I friggin' rocked the stage because most people teaching marketing at the time and evil, even today, probably worse today, never actually ran a business. Like they, yeah. they, they're like, I'm going to teach you how to make a million dollars creating your own course and they made a million dollars creating the course on how to sell, how to make a course. Like, it's just, it's so insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was making all my money was made in like sports and fitness training. Mm. So here I was teaching people how to do it and the strategy and creating the content and the marketing and the emails. And they were like blown away. And at the end of that talk, I don't think I, I didn't sell anything. I just walked off the stage and I was like mobbed. I felt like, like I like the Beatles chase stadium, you know, like they couldn't, they, they were like going to tackle me. Like, Oh my God, what about this? What about this? Can I hire you? Can you do this? And I'm like, all right, I think there's something here. Like, I think Mm. I can start teaching this bigger. And my eyes started getting wider. And that was kind of the beginning of me, not just teaching fitness pros, but kind of going a little bit wider. And, you know, I did, I did really well with that. And then I did a big product. We, I did a course with my buddy, Tim Kerber, who owned a site called Membergate. Um, and we recorded mm-hmm. it and, um, you guys, obviously you guys know who Jeff Walker is. Mm-hmm. Jeff was a friend of ours and he did our launch and we were one of his early launches and we did like, now this is, this is gross. This isn't what I put in my pocket. And we, this isn't including affiliate payments, but we did like one point, almost 1.7 million. And like the first, and we were the first course over a thousand bucks. It was 1500. <clears throat> so wow. there was a lot it. of money to be made, but looking back, it's like, did I leave the fitness space too soon? Like I, you know, sometimes you kind of doubt yourself. Like I, I had it so made in that space. Um, and I went into the, the shark infested waters of internet marketing. Swimming oh with the sharks, literally. Right. I was, oh my God. Yeah. Only the highest standards of integrity. And yeah. Yeah. yeah it was God, the stories, um, it, it just incredible yeah. how people can be up there teaching how to make money and be completely broke. Yep. Interesting. And I hear that's very common. I mean, Bob and I have been in that oh, world and, and you, I knew him. You knew him. And it's we, like, we know, we know, who we know, we know, we know a few. Yeah, we know them. But I spoke, at one, I spoke at one guy's event. He begged me to speak. And uh, 
I wasn't going to, but he was a client. He was, pay, he was paying me like, this was years ago, like 800 bucks a month. I said, okay. So I went and I was, and before I was speaking, we were sitting in the lobby talking. He goes, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed, but could you give me back that 800 from last month? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah. He's like, we're just, you know, we're really like, we're losing so much money and I can't even make payroll. I'm like, dude, you have like three, 400 people in the audience here. And your, your whole thing is like how to make a million dollars a month or whatever it is. Mm. I'm like, what a freaking fraud you are. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot, unfortunately, there's a lot of that. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of that. Um, and some, some guys are good at making money, but they're also good at spending it. Uh, <laughs> Imagine <laughs> and that. losing it. Um, or they're not paying attention to the real, to the numbers and to the metrics or the tax implications, like all this stuff. Yeah. And I, I definitely got stuck behind some of that crap as well. Like, you know, you could, you could lose your shirt pretty quickly if you're not paying, paying attention to the numbers. Hey everybody, loving this interview today with one of my favorite people, Ryan Lee, and also love some of the predictions he makes about what's coming, you know, via internet and AI. And he said something that completely resonates with me is that with all of this amazing, amazing things that AI can do, what it cannot do is reproduce you, reproduce your personality, your unique skill sets, your unique quirks and things about you and interesting things about you that uh, it cannot, there's no way it can. And so with feed stories that we're all about creating and capturing authenticity, resonating with your target market. And we do that through video. Video can't be done through, you know, you can't create a video of yourself through AI and get people to believe it. I've already seen some of those out there and they're a little bit creepy to be quite honest. So if you're wondering where you fit into this new AI universe and how it works, remember that you cannot be uh, duplicated, you cannot be turned into an Android. Your authenticity, your passion, your emotion have to be captured and communicated. So if that sounds something that it might be interesting for you or time to have a conversation about, go to feedstories.com, book a call with us, and let's talk about how to amplify your unique capabilities. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. So how did... so? How did you transition into this, uh, into Rewind? I mean, one thing that's, that's always impressive about you, Ryan, is you can go, you, you have seen to have no fear of going into crowded markets. Yeah, um, like none. Like For, for better or worse. Um, yeah, like, right? not, and you make shit work. Like, talk about Rewind. Talk about, like, we need another freaking fitness bar, Ryan. I know. And here you I are know. kicking ass with Rewind. So, Tell us about that. So, yeah, so my... um you know, my health had been really going downhill and I was doing freedom and I was kind of trying to figure out what it is I want to do, you know, mm -hmm. just playing and trying new things. I was a little lost. We had sold our other supplement company. So I was kind of on my own. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. And then when I got that scary health thing and then my, my, uh, my blood pressure was high, I'm like, all right, I need. So I went like back to science. I said, okay, I'm going to tighten up my diet. I'm going to tighten up my exercise. I'm going to figure out what's causing this inflammation because the doctor said you need to go on this really toxic drug called methyl methotrexate. It's kind of like a chemo drug. We uh, have to monitor your thing. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. let me figure out what I can do. So I, w I really went on this mission to understand this inflammation and what causes it. That led me to saying, you know what, why don't I get back into the nutrition space and start a nutrition company? And it could either be drinks or bars. And I was kind of going back and forth because I wanted it to be a morning routine. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't make, the drinks work at the time. So I'm like, you know, what? I think I could do a really cool bar. And the idea came to me 
I'm like, well, it's about kind of rewinding the years, you know, rewinding the inflammation and knocking years off your body. But can I also play into that double meaning of like people our age where they get it? If you say rewind, you think of rewinding a cassette tape, rewinding a VHS tape. So you had that double meaning. Nice. And I wanted to make the company just feel different in terms of branding, like more more fun, retro, as opposed to being so serious. Because all the health companies, you know, everything's about twisting the knife and making you feel bad. And then all the packaging <laughs> looks the same. So that was the that was the impetus behind Rewind. And I was running that at the same time as Freedom and then eventually ended up selling Freedom and just focused on Rewind for like mm -hmm. four or five years. But yeah, I uh, like I said, for better or worse, I have no fear when it comes to business stuff. N zero. I, I will try anything. Uh, mm. I, I look at it as a challenge and I just think it's fun. As long as you, you're being smart with how much you're willing to risk or lose, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not mortgaging my house and saying, I'm putting, you know, put everything on red, you know, sure, it's sure, just, sure. Uh, so it was, it was smart, you know, like to being smart with investments and trying to figure it out. But I went in, I don't care if you've, if there's a, a someone already has a huge market share, I'm going to come in and take a piece, and I'm going to have fun doing it because they can't out, they can't out me, me. Mm. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I can outwork them, and they're not going to out fund me. Like any mm. any business and company, I can make more fun, and I'm just going to always, I'm always going to be ultra transparent. I think people appreciate that. Yeah, so many people yeah. run their businesses, and they sound like copywriters from like the 1950s. Who mm. else wants that? And it feels so old and stodgy. People don't, they don't want to be spoken to like that. Just tell them the freaking truth. Hey, I got this thing. I got this new bar. Here's what it's made of. I think it's pretty cool. I think it tastes good. Give it a try. And yeah. if you like it, cool. And if you don't want it, that's cool too. And people yeah. be like, but I'm on keto. It's not for me. I'm like, all right. If keto's working <laughs> for you and it's not for you, great. Like, I'm not I, trying to convince you. I'm not yeah. going to force you. And then you eat it and then you feel bad. And then you get mad at me. I, I, I don't, I don't believe in like trying to push. So that yeah. I, I run all my businesses like that, no matter what market I go into. And yeah. um, I, I look at it like this, the end of the day, we all, uh, unfortunately, all of us, all three of us, all the millions and millions of people watching this at home right now, millions, million, billions. millions, now, yes, this, millions. this one is going to get, this it's going to get a lot. I, my mom might even watch. If, yeah. I think she will. She can fast yeah, forward yeah. to a lot of the parts. I say stuff. your name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the end of the day we all have an expiration we're all going to mm. be on the deathbed you know and and i highly doubt you know at the your last dying breath to be like man i wish i would have launched this other thing or i wish i got more, seven more likes on my facebook post or you know <laughs> i should have started the bar like no you're just going to be like you want to be surrounded by your family and yeah. and know you did a good job with them and the love and all like that's the most important thing at the end of the day so i always think am i am i on my deathbed, am I really going to worry about this? No. Like, mm. and, and the reality is no one really cares about mm -hmm. us. Like they don't <laughs> as much as, you know, people, I, so maybe I have some people who like what I do, but I, I highly doubt anyone except, except maybe for you, Brandon, uh, besides <laughs> you, no one else is really waking up saying, gee, what's Ryan Lee doing today? Oh my God. Exactly. Ryan. Well, Ryan, you, you launched you a bar company six years ago and now you're doing greens. What is that? Like, what's he doing? What's he, he doing now? Hi, Ryan. Care. What are you you're doing? You're the only somewhere? one who cares. Where are you? Yeah, exactly. the coffee shop. You're I'm right behind me. Street. I know I'm you have right a camera in this little street. Ryan Lee TV thing. You're wearing yeah. a blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, yeah, so no one, um, no one cares. They really don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and get, you know, get over yourself. 
uh, just put some cool stuff out. You could shift as many times you want. You could pivot till your neck is cr- no one cares. Um, mm. they, I, I've discovered that I've pivoted and shifted and done so many different things. Yeah, I've yeah. created products. I mean, I, I, it happens all the time. Not, I'm not going to say it happens every day because it doesn't happen every day, but it, it happens enough where someone's like, oh my God, Ryan, I bought that what a six figure trainer product that you did, you know, yeah. in, in 2001. And I'm like, what? I, what? I actually don't even remember it. It takes me, or oh, they'll show me a picture of like, oh yeah, now I remember. Like, I yeah. don't remember. <laughs> and if I don't remember a product I did, you think anyone else remembers? <laughs> like, right. I could have spent a month creating it and I forgot it. And everyone who's like getting a hundred emails and messages, you think they're sitting around saying, Oh, Ryan, you created that in 2001. I remember when you did this. Yeah. Yeah. You got it on the audio tape. Um, (laughs) No one gives a shit. So just create stuff, try new things, see what works. Don't be scared. And people are scared to try things because oh, I'm going to be put in this box and I can never do anything else. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not true at all. Um, I think I just created a new business idea just on this call. I think you did. You're yeah. welcome. It's going to be an anti-stalking thing with Brandon. I'm going to be uh... <laughs> the service. It's like it's like Merits. the Truman Show. Brandon right. is the only, Brandon will be the only listener, the only person of, <laughs> instead of the only character. <laughs> Ryan, there's this newfangled thing. I'm sure it's just a fad. It's called AI, and I'd like Never to heard of her. I, I know. I'm really curious what the Ryan Lee Crystal Ball would say yeah. about AI, internet, and I so appreciate what you said about you know membership sites. Because again, we're my, and, and same thing with like the bars I was referring to earlier. It's like, God, there's so many freaking bars. Do we need another bar? And you've made it work. There's so many freaking courses on online and coaching and all that, and you're making it work and you're just doing it without fear. What's your kind of crystal ball? Um, where are things, do you think things are going? What are you paying attention to? I, you know, I definitely don't think AI is like a fad. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's here. It's here to stay. It oh, yeah. is. Oh, yeah. And I've been really sinking my teeth into it the past few weeks. My God. Ugh. If this is like the early stuff. Right. Yeah. Like even before I was working, uh, like coming up with this kind of course idea, I'm like, oh, let me let me play with chat and see what they come up with headlines. I, I, the headlines was so good and so creative. And I could have paid a, a professional copywriter 10 grand to come up with headlines and they wouldn't have come up with them that good in two seconds. Um, yep. The other day yep. I went to, you know, I was looking to do like a, um, a little piece of code for it, like a, a calculator, calculating recurring revenue. And I typed it into chat. I said, can you create the code for me? And here you go in HTML here, copy, paste it. What? Yeah. So, and this is the beginning. So I, I think it is absolutely transformative. I think anyone says, oh, it's a fat, you're, you're, you're delusional. It's, it, um, yeah. It's exciting to live in the time where the internet was born and now AI was born. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're Gen Xers. We're lucky. This is a kind of really an amazing time to be alive to see these two technologies come into play. Yeah. Um, and, and you have to embrace it versus fear it. Like, how can I yeah. take advantage? And, you know, now that you're at the, the beginning of it. So I think there's, it's going to be interesting. I think there's a, a few things to look at it. I Number one, it's because it's so easy to use and it's going to get easier and all the software being built in and the built-in prompts. I mean, it's going to be, even right now, you have to know what to kind of ask it and how to how to train right. it, but it's going to get even easier. Um, it also means it's going to allow anyone to sound pretty good and pretty smart. Like, mm. you know, there's <laughs> going to be a lot of fakers who it, now they can't get, you know, their sites maybe were terrible before. They want to now they could sound really good. Right. So there's going to it's going to be interesting to see 
how the cream rises to the top and how everyone else is going to be able to differentiate and say, look, I'm real. Like, yeah. I actually know my stuff versus this person who's 19 who's just having AI create all this stuff and makes mm -hmm. them look like friggin' Einstein. Like, how do I differentiate? So I think it, it means that in, in terms of like people who are watching this, who maybe like are coaches and experts and information marketers, I think personal branding is going to become even more important. Mm. Like the, the strategy behind what you do and what you teach and creating your own systems and own frameworks and really owning that so that even if people are using AI or there's other AI stuff, you're able to differentiate more. Um, and even if people come to you just because of the way you make them feel and the trust and the personality versus just content, like you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to out content everybody anymore. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be a level playing field and mm -hmm. even copy, like everything is going to be good. So it's real like personal branding and personality stuff is going to be much more important. I, I think. So um, that and, and the IP, like just really getting, getting crystal clear on the IP that you own and like your methodology versus just trying to be another, oh, here's a six-week transformation program or here's how to, like it's, it's got to be something at least name-wise like proprietary where you create the category. Mm, okay. Okay. That's where I think it's going. And, but the, the barrier to entry is so low and it's going to help entrepreneurs, those who embrace it, uh, you're going to be able to just kick so much butt. I, I also think it, it also means a lot more content is going to be free. Like it's going to be a little bit more challenging to charge for things. Uh, like I, I went into chat too. I'm, I'm playing mm. with everything. Uh, and I said, you know, because a, a trend right now is the carnivore meals. I said, you know, give me a, a, a five-day meal plan, carnivore meal plans only, and then give me all the recipes. Sure, here you go. Right. Why would now, you don't need is, to pay for that? Are the meals going to be perfect? I don't know, but it probably can get you 90% there, 95% there. It's eventually going to get you 100% there probably. And then why am I going to pay a nutrition coach 500 bucks to do this for me when I could do it in five seconds? Um, mm. So there's going to mm. be also a lot of really interesting B2B plays. Uh, that's mm. going to be what we're going to be watching. I was talking to my friend Justin uh, yesterday and he, he loves the idea of like just B2B and finding what are the mundane tasks that a lot of industries use and how do you replace it with AI? So like mm -hmm. in the accounting world or the attorney world, like is there, there are APIs uh, that, you could, uh, that you could use with AI that could replace all of these mundane tasks and, and, uh, and monetize it as a SaaS. So that's, that's a, there's just, it's, it, there's a gold mine waiting for a couple of smart people to get in there. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, we were talking to Perry Marshall about this and he's like the, the value of the internet. If you put it at like $10 trillion, introducing AI is going to make the value easily a hundred trillion or a thousand trillion. Mm -hmm. Like the, the exponential growth in ideas and wealth that is happening on top of the internet is almost inconceivable. Uh. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine when AI gets trained enough to really like predict stock markets and like stocks and because, you know, it's coming. I mean, sure. again, look what look what like the basic chat AI could do right now. Right. And it's like we are right at the beginning. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, is it going to replace stockbrokers? I, I don't know. I don't right. know what's going to happen. Right. With that stuff. It, I've it, already it's going seen... to be transformative. I've seen uh, some videos of just, you know, these guys, these millennials writing scripts to, to predict stocks based on history. And it's mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, it's already beginning to happen. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's definitely going to put some people out of a job, but the people who are smart are going to be able to find ways to harness it. 
Mm. And that's that's the thing. But you know, with the in the information world and the people trying to sell content and courses and coaching, you better up your branding game. You better up your personality. Uh, mm. If you don't have a personality, you're kind of screwed. Uh, <laughs> hire someone mm. with a good personality. Right. Go to Chad uh, and Chad and because create it's, one. it's it's um, I think some some people are still going to be be able to survive and what what you can't fake or i guess you can't now you probably can like stick with video now you can deep fake where i can look like tom yeah, right. speaking live but right. in general right mo it's hard to fake stuff when you're live yes yeah? if you're doing yeah. something live answering questions that's how you're going to be able to separate yourself and show that you really know your stuff when you could think on your feet and answer questions live versus is this person for real or if, are they not yeah so i think the yeah. more live stuff you can do it's going to be able to show that you know your stuff but you got to know your stuff Absolutely. Absolutely. Like couldn't agree more with that. Um, just a couple more things, Ryan, like you, you, you're kind of out of rewind now and, and, you know, trying to think of what you're going to do. You're, you're focusing on kind of your personal brand right now. We talked a little bit about that. So just kind of tell people what you're up to and if they want to see what's next, where can they find out about all that cool stuff? Yeah, so I'm playing uh, with a couple different business and marketing strategies. You know, like I said, I'm trying to see if I could, if there's a way to take this big training I want to do, and if there's a way to give it away for free. Because I want, I, I also think that's another way to stand out from the pack is if people can actually see what you can deliver. They're like, oh my god, this person could deliver the goods. What else they got? Um, so I'm, I'm experimenting with that. And I, I think in the next week or so, I might launch it. But the way to find out what I'm doing, because I don't want to date myself too, because you, like I just talked about with shifts and pivots, if I say one thing right now, yeah. two days from now, it's going to be different. Um, I actually right. changed it yesterday. I had the idea of what I think I was going to do in terms of the topic. And I just shifted it like last night and this morning. Um, <laughs> but just just visit my site, ryanlee.com, R-Y-A-N-L-E-E.com. I do what I call a daily-ish email. Um, oh, not, love it. Great. Yeah, because it's like, business is about, it's like you set the rules for your own business. And I don't want to have to commit to doing one daily. Maybe I don't, I, you know, maybe I just feel like taking the day off and watching a movie all day and sitting in my pajamas or taking naps. And I don't want to write an email. Then I'm not going to write one. So I call it daily-ish. Uh, I set the expectation, the bar very low. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, every, but almost every day I write, I think good stuff every day. The, the idea is always to give at least one big aha or one big takeaway. I try to have some humor in it too. Just make it, you make the medicine go down a little easier. Uh, but yeah, check out what I'm, what I'm doing there, but I'm definitely going to release a big program soon. Uh, and I'm finding out, figuring out how, if I can do this damn thing for free, if I crack the code, we got it. It's going to be fun. Okay. Oh, we're, we're going to want an update. All right. Well, we've got a little long. Thank you so much, Ryan. We we have a segment we like to close with called the 60 second rant, where you oh, can no. get on your soapbox and you can rant about anything, anything from weak coffee to, I don't Automa know. Automatic eight, toilets. Automatic. Yeah, we've had lots the of DMV. Variety. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Anything, anything you're going to rant about or soapbox about. Go. Um, all right. If you are looking to build your business, because I'm just, I'm just going to stay in my wheelhouse here. Um, just just be careful who you follow, who you hire. Um, mm. Don't make the find good people. Um, find person whose life you admire. Uh, I when I was first getting online, I saw like two or three really well known marketers, and I looked. I'm like, oh man, each of them have been divorced like three, four times. Their kids <laughs> don't talk to them. They look miserable. I'm like. 
I'm not going to model them. That's not the life I want. So find people who, who you resonate with, who you dig in their vibe, um, and then find a bunch of people like that and say, I'm going to pick, you know, maybe I like this, this idea from Ryan, uh, this idea from Bob, nothing really from Brandon. That's okay. Skip over him. Um, and good call. Like, yeah. But, call. but, you know, ask the people too, before you invest $10,000, yeah. uh, Hey, have you coat, you know, are there any testimonials? Can I talk to anyone you've worked with? Like, don't just take their sales page worth it and don't get on the frigging phone with them and like get fall into the hole. You got to pay now or you get a discount. It's all bullshit. Uh, it's just, a, just be smart. Uh, be really mm. smart with your money when you're investing, especially in coaching, make sure they're, they're legit and get real testimonials. So there you go. That's my rant. Beautiful. Oh, Ryan, thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. This was fun. Such a pleasure. Such Loved a pleasure. You. Loved having you. Got to have you back you. once you figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I've, and I've only said this, I think one or two other times, that out of all the podcast interviews I've done, this was probably my top 60 or 70. <laughs> I don't say that very often. I'm going to take that to heart. You're, you're saying it feels like that moment you're, you're saying there's a chance dumb and dumber so you're it's, saying it there's feels a like chance. that so i feel saying. i feel like you've just hugged me and backhanded me at the i'm same just time. i am trying to give uh, you really good little pieces of social media tidbits <laughs> get out there on instagram and little shorts oh, oh we're top 70 of ryan's I'm not wearing shorts, Ryan. Whatever. Oh, baby. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this was fun. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yes, awesome. sir. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regneris and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.